everyone. Craig Wessel is from a Yank on the Footy coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. It's the 19th of August, and I'm here to give you my tips for round 23, the final round of the home and away season. And I uh, wanted to get this out a little bit earlier, but I had a little bit of a situation I was dealing with here at home where I have a couple of Wheaton Terrier uh, dogs. And one of them is a little bit stubborn, and when he goes outside, sometimes he doesn't want to come in the house. And he is definitely somebody who is an inside dog. Well, he spent uh, about 24 hours outside from about yesterday early in the morning until early this morning. It's uh, about 11.30 here as I'm recording this now. And he spent last night outside, which is something he's never done before and I've never done with any of my animals, but he did not want to come in the house, and I, I did everything I possibly could to get him to come back in. I begged, I pleaded, I cajoled. I wouldn't say that I was threatening at all. I was a little frustrated with him, but uh, I did finally get him to come back in, and I, uh, while I was uh, outside with him this morning, I was sitting out having my morning coffee with a uh, rather appropriate coffee mug that my wife picked up for me last Christmas uh, that says... Uh, proud parent of a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier that is sometimes an asshole, and that's okay, because my buddy Chewy, who I'll put a picture in the show notes for this week, or a link to the show notes anyway, can be an asshole. Very friendly dog, but he's a little skittish. Just didn't want to come back in. But enough about that. That was how my night went. I slept for about four hours uh, trying to keep tabs on him to make sure he didn't go over the fence or the skunks that are around the neighborhood decided to pay him a visit so and this was after a monday where he spent the day about eight hours outside and just sat in the backyard through a pretty heavy rainstorm and then rolled around in the mud and i had to uh scrub a pretty significant amount of dirt off of him after he came back in so let's dive into the episode i do want to uh give a shout out to the club of the episode the local club this week and that is the Beaconsfield Eagles of the Southeast Football and Netfield, excuse me, Netball League in Victoria over the Gippsland area. They've been in existence since 1890. And they have three men's clubs and one women's club playing in the under-19s, reserves, and premieres. Now, they've been able to play 11 rounds so far this year before COVID uh, locked down or paused their fixture. Here's hoping that they're able to uh, get back at it. I did notice that they had around 17 games scheduled for the 21st of August. I don't know if that's going on, but I do hope that that does uh, happen or they're able to get back on the grounds as soon as they possibly can. So Eagles, best of luck to you during the rest of 2021 and going into 2022. Uh, some of the, the alum that are former Beaconsfield Eagles, uh, some names you're going to recognize, uh, Levi Casbolt, Jake Arts, and Cody Waitman, uh, all former Beaconsfield Eagles. So best of luck going forward. Hopefully you get to play some more games this round uh, or this year, and hopefully 2022 goes fabulously well for you. So let's jump into the tips for this week. Uh, two rounds ago, I had a horrible week. I think I got two or three games right. And and I have to be honest with you, I I, I love the way that the, that the league set up the games for this week. Okay, now, I, I, granted, I think we can all agree we would love to see every game played uh, in front of crowds, uh, I I did hear that uh, that the Brisbane game at the Gabba is going to be at about fifty percent capacity, which is fantastic. 
I'm thrilled that they're able to get you know game back into Queensland and that they're going to actually be able to have uh, fans in the stands. But what is interesting is that the way that they have it set up this week, if you haven't looked at the uh, the fixture that closely, every game except for the last one of the round, at least theoretically, has some type of an impact on who's going to be playing in the top eight, okay, and where they might be in the top eight. Now, like I said, I, I round 21, I only got three games right. Last week I got seven out of nine. Uh, I underestimated Hawthorne again on the uh, the Clarko Pillage Tour, and I put my faith in the in the Veterans Eagle Squad to come through, and uh, that did not happen as well. So let's jump into the tips for this round, and uh, we're going to look at uh, first off the first game of the round, the battle for the third and fourth spot. And a double chance with the uh, Bulldogs and Port Adelaide being played at Marvel. Now, the Bulldogs, there's no other way to say this. They, they're kind of backing their way into the top four right now. Okay, they've lost their last couple of games. I think they're still trying to figure out how do we compensate for not having Josh Bruce in the lineup. The power, they've won eight out of nine. They've won ten out of their last 12, five in a row. Now, not all of those games have been against top eight sides, but they're they're playing and they're defeating the teams that are in front of them here recently. And 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 I'll put my hand up and say that, uh, you know, six, eight weeks ago, I had been rather critical of Port Adelaide, wondering if they were going to be a club that, that actually was going to make any kind of noise in finals. I questioned whether or not they should be in the top eight based upon their performance. And, and, you know, another mea culpa, which I should just go ahead and uh, go ahead and record that as a, a sound on my little uh, touchpad here. So whenever I have to use the term mea culpa, I can just hit the button instead of having to repeat it every single time. Port Adelaide's proving me wrong here. At least they have over the last uh, month, month and a half with the way that they've played. It's been it's been exciting watching the way that they've gone. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, you know, a game here where... Yeah, this is a you know, a great opportunity for the Bulldogs to to lock themselves into the top four. But if they drop this game, they very easily could drop out of the top four and lose that double chance. And it's and I'm sure that's something that's got to be weighing on their mind. You know, they've got a, a couple things going on here. You know, they don't have a whole lot of uh, changes. Yeah, you know, uh, Stevie Motlop and Trent McKenzie are going to be back in for Port Adelaide. Uh, Razio Fantasia is going to be out. Sam Mays is out. Tom Clurry's out. Um, Rourke Smith is coming in for the Bulldogs, and uh, Riley Garcia has, has been omitted. So not a huge number of changes for these two sides, but the way Port Adelaide is playing right now, and quite frankly the way that the Bulldogs are playing right now, I'm going to go with Port Adelaide in this game, and I've got, and I know it's in, in being played in Melbourne, but I'm going to go with Port Adelaide to win this one by 12 points. And I, and I think that this is a uh, a really interesting situation here because if the Bulldogs lose and the the Lions win by a significant score against the Eagles, which we're going to talk about here in a, in a little bit, the Bulldogs, like I said, could find themselves dropping out of the top four. Now, they're not dropping out of finals. They're still playing finals, but that double chance would be out the window for them. So this is a huge matchup here. Now, even though it, it doesn't seem to be a huge matchup, it, it, it significantly is. So, like I said, I'm going to go with the uh, the Bulldogs on this one. 
Now, the next game, we're heading to the uh, the MCG, and we have got the uh, Tigers and Hawthorne. And the the uh, this game has, you're not even going to necessarily recognize who's playing, who's not playing, that sort of thing. Huge shifts in the uh, in the list. You've got one uh, debutante, Ben Miller, coming in for the Tigers. They have two, four, six, eight, nine different players coming in on the side. Uh, Deion Presti is out. Jake Arts is going to be out. Kane Lambert, Maurice Rioli, uh, Ryan Garthwaite, Shane Edwards, Toby Dancurvis, Trent Cotchen, all out injured or omitted. Hawthorne's bringing back uh, O'Meara, Warple, and Bruce to the side. Uh, they're managing Connor Downey. They're managing uh, Jai Newcomb as well. Excuse me, Downey was omitted. Um, but they're giving Newcomb the week off. You know, this is a young man who's you know, kind of been just dropped right into the, the cauldron, if you will, of, of footy with uh, his spot in the midseason draft. And, and you know, this is a game, folks, it, it's, the, it's the final stop on the Clarko Pillage Tour. You know, where Hawthorne has come in and knocked off clubs that uh, maybe people didn't think they were going to be knocking off and have really been able to, as we say here in, uh, in the United States with the NFL um, or even with uh, Major League Baseball, where a team can do what they call play spoiler, where they can interrupt the anticipated results for another club, or they might beat a club that is expected to to be in finals or move them down a little spot in the finals to another position. So I, I I'm going to go with Hawthorne in this game. Okay, you've got you know Hawthorne's going to have an opportunity to carry two people off on their shoulders with this game with Sean Burgoyne and Alistair Clarkson. Okay, so this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a significant um, event for the Hawks. It's the beginning of a of a new era. But it's the ending of a, of a fantastic era for Hawthorne. And like I said, I'm going to go with Hawthorne in this one to, to win by 14 points just because Richmond is so beat up at this point in time. Now, yeah, I'm just going to put this out here right now. I, I fully expect Richmond to be in the top eight next year. I think be top four. I don't know. But I, I really think Richmond will be top eight next year. Okay, that will not shock me at all if that if that happen so so again i've got hawthorne winning that one by 14 we're going to move on to the next game of the round and that is the sydney swans and gold coast suns and sydney is uh, is facing a a bit of a uh tough road forward here when they're you're going to be missing uh nick blakey for the foreseeable future with a a leg fracture uh not it, it sounds like it's more like a, what they call a hairline fracture. That's not like a complete break, a bit of a stress fracture, if you will. Uh, they're they're bringing Callum Mills, Jake Lloyd, and Lance Franklin back into the side. Uh, they're also um, having uh, Alex Davies debut uh, his uh, first game with Gold Coast here. But it's this is a this is a game that the Swans and there's there's an extreme uh, set of figures that I jotted down here that if the Swans you know won by uh, significant numbers here, you know, they could possibly move up. Now, they're, they're entrenched in the sixth spot. They're likely not going to be moving, even if they lose. So, theoretically, they could, they could rest a lot of their players and just try to get everybody healthy for finals and not drop out of the sixth spot. But, again, 
the push is on to try to get Buddy as close to a thousand goals as possible. Is that going to happen this year during finals? Maybe, maybe it does. I I don't know for sure. I think he's got quite a few still to kick, but yeah, I did a little bit of math here, and these are some extreme, extreme situations. But uh, it could happen. I would not. I would not place a multi on this. But uh, if the Lions and the Bulldogs both lose by sixty-five points or more, and Sydney beats Gold Coast by sixty-five or more points, they could jump up into the fifth spot. Okay. Now, I don't think that's going to be likely happening here, but I do think that the Swans are going to win this one by at least four goals. Okay. Uh, you know, Gold Coast, they've had some, some good things happen this year, but they've also had some really, uh, lately some really uh, tough going with their footy. So I think that this can be a game that the Swans, it's not a must win for them, but I think it's a they're going to win game for them. So, again, I've got the Swans winning this one by at least four goals. And we're going to move on then to the Brisbane game. And this is Brisbane and uh, the West Coast Eagles. And West Coast has got a number of different ends coming, different players coming in, players going out. Um, you got uh, Brad Shepard, Jack Petricelli, Jeremy McGovern, Josh Kennedy, Tim Kelly with the knee injury as well. Uh, Connor West, Harry Edwards. Uh, Jake Waterman, Jermaine Jones, and Josh Rotham are coming in on their side. No no changes for the Lions. So Nakai Cockatoo is going to be back out there again. And, and like I said, I, I really think he could end up being an X factor for them uh, going into finals. Now, Brisbane, you know, the Eagles, let's, let's go back to the Eagles first of all. They've got a, they've got a really slim shot at, at getting into the eight. They have squandered a lot of opportunities, Okay. They're heading into Queensland for the first time for anybody playing there in quite a few rounds. The Eagles never seem to travel well. You know, you've got a lot of players are going to be out on their side. The Lions are coming in as full strength as they possibly can, not having uh, Eric Hipwood, um, not having Cam Rayner out there. Of course, who's been out for pretty much the entire he's been out the entire season. Uh, they've begun to compensate for Hipwood not being in the lineup. Joe Danaher has begun to. Step up, and I think I saw a stat that said if, if Danaher kicks a goal this week, that this would be the first time in a in a long time, and maybe I read it wrong, but that he will have kicked a goal in all twenty two games this year, which is something that doesn't necessarily happen for him all that often. Uh, but this this is a game right here that I think just with the number of players that are going to be out for the Eagles, they they for all intents and purposes are 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 waving the surrender flag, in my opinion. Okay, and this is going to be a, let's come back and try to, do it, try to do it again next year and see what happens. But, and you know what, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here. You know, I, as a Cat supporter, I, you know, I hear from a lot of people that, you know, that unless, unless uh, you know, a player is, uh, has started to dye their gray hair to get it back to its original color, that they're not eligible to play for the Cats, or, you know, they've got to have, you know, if you're, Age doesn't start with a three. You can't play for the Cats, that sort of thing. But it, it, and, and and they are an older side. I'm not. I'm not going to deny that. But if you look at the Eagles side, they're not exactly a bunch of youngsters. That's a pretty veteran squad as well. There's a lot of players that are on the north side of thirty there as well. So they're going to be in a. Uh, they're going to be in a bit of a situation where they've got to retool as well. I think here going forward. So now let's move on to the next game, and we're heading down to. 
GMBHA Stadium with the Cats and the D's. And this is the, uh, the battle for the minor premiership. Now, the Cats are probably playing their final game of the season at GMBHA Stadium. It's not likely that, uh, that the league is going to allow them to play a first-round home game uh, at their ground. But this is this is an interesting situation, and 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 I don't know if there'll be any late changes or late outs that type of thing. If there's any kind of jockeying for position that takes place now, I know they've named their players, and they may have named the emergencies and that type of thing. But if the, if the Bulldogs win, and the Bulldogs have not been the strongest of the two sides, that you know, I think we could agree that Port Adelaide's been a stronger of the two sides. Let's say that the Bulldogs win and they stay in the top four. You know, in the back of the minds of, of the D's and the Cats, or maybe just for a split second, do they did the club say, well, you know what, it would kind of be nice to just go ahead and play the Bulldogs in the first round or to try to avoid playing the, 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 uh, the power. And again, I'm not saying any professional club is necessarily going to make that first and foremost in their mind, but that may just flash in their mind for a second thinking, what if we kind of play for position here? Because, you know, the Cats won the minor premiership last year. Maybe they win it this year. Maybe it's the D's who, you know, were at the top of the, the ladder for much of the year, then then dropped off quite a bit and have climbed back up. So you, you got to tip your cap to the D's for for doing that. Um, but it's it's a uh, I talked about this with uh, somebody the other day on the on the the live episode of the podcast, and you know, I asked I asked the question. I said the way that they're playing right now. Does anybody really want to play Port Adelaide or Brisbane in the first round? Somebody's going to have to. Two teams are going to have to. And, you know, this is, if Brisbane ends up making it into the top four, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see the three and four teams in, in the, uh, the finals knock off the one and two teams. It, it could very easily happen based upon the way the clubs are trending. You know, so I, I just I I'm not saying I'm worried about it necessarily, but it, it because there's that double chance there, which I think is a really, really cool situation. Um I I just I, I wonder if there's gonna be any um maneuvering that goes on <clears throat> behind the scenes where they decide to maybe uh, rest a player at the last moment because well, maybe we don't wanna be in that position. We're happy being in second or we're happy being you know, we wanna be in first. And again, I'm not exactly sure what all is going to happen with that, but um, you know, the Cats are going to be getting back uh, Tom Atkins. They're going to be getting back Brian Myers, who I didn't think would be coming back until finals. Uh, Gary Rowan is uh, also going to be back after the corky that he had on his hip. Um, Zach Guthrie has been omitted. Asaba Radigalia has been omitted, so they're going with a, a, a smaller forward line than they've had now that you've got... Uh, Jeremy Cameron back in there. Sean Higgins is being managed. Quentin Arkell, again, the uh, the meta sub here, the medical sub. And uh, you've seen, uh, you've got coming in from Melbourne, you've got three three great names, three veterans there, Jack Viney, Stephen May, and Tom McDonald coming back into their side. So this is this is a game that, that on paper, or digitally since I'm looking at it on my screen here, this is a game that both clubs uh, seemingly want to win because they would like to be the... Uh, the minor premieres, okay? 
you know, Melbourne, they've, they've rebounded very well since that Bulldogs loss at Brown 19. They've won their last three. The Cats, you know, I have to be honest, the Cats have played ugly football the last couple of rounds. You know, the, the Saints just, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the Giants took it to them pretty handily. And then last week they had, to, they had a battle back against the Saints. Basically two similar starts where they got down by multiple goals, many multiple goals. And they came back and won one, but they lost the previous one. The D's, like I said, they're coming into this game pretty healthy. You know, the Cats, I think they're going to start to shake off a little bit more rust because they've had some injuries. You know, this will be the second round that Jeremy Cameron is back in on the side. Uh, getting Gary Rowan back in there again, I think, I think it, and, and having Brian My- Myers back in there, who, who does a lot of things off the ball, you know, like, for example, Luke Dahlhaus, who catches a lot of heat. Uh, for not a lot of touches and that sort of thing. But then when you look and see what he has done on the ground, pressuring people and making tackles and that sort of thing, he does he he fulfills his role pretty darned well. And you know, I, I think that, you know, that well I, I love Asaba Radigali as a player. I think he's a terrific player, has the potential to be a very, very good player going forward. You know, trying to win the premiership right now, I think having Rowan in there, um and his ability to take marks and, 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 and score from all over inside 50. Same with Grind Myers in many instances as well. I think that gives them a lot more options than having the third tall down there. So, like I said, they're, they're starting to, to maybe round into form a little bit after a couple sluggish weeks. They're, they're compensating for Tom Stewart being out, uh, who had uh, surgery on the foot injury. Maybe he's going to be back uh, before this is up. If the Cats go deeper into finals, we'll have to see. You know, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but uh, hopefully they do, knock on wood. But, you know, this is a game where I, I think that the Cats, simply because they're going to be at home on their ground at, at the at the cigar, if you will, and I, guess, I don't really see the cigar shape, but, you know, I'm going to defer to all of you who've been following the game a hell of a lot longer than I am. I've got the Cats winning this very close game by eight points. They're going to take the minor premiership, and they're going to be facing whoever the number four club happens to be. Okay, so we're going to head off then to Marvel Stadium again for Carlton and GWS, and this is a uh, kind of an interesting, interesting uh, game here. Um, you know, it's the end of the line, if you will, for Eddie Betts playing his three hundred fiftieth and final game. Patty Dow's been admitted. Mark Murphy's being managed now, and maybe I missed this when he got to his 300th game. But did I think maybe he stepped aside just totally from the game and is not playing anymore this year? But Lockie Fogarty's back in, Patty Cripps is back in, Toby Green is back in for the Giants. Uh, Shane Mumford's being uh, managed, giving him a rest before finals. You've got you know a uh, a very veteran player there could use a break for him. Again, this is a game Giants win and and you're definitely in. You th- they theoretically could drop out, so they need this win. Now, this is very likely David Teague's last game as the senior coach at Carleton. I I don't hope that that's the case, but I won't be shocked if that's the case. And 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 to me it, it in many instances this is a bit of a damn shame that this has happened to him. Um, you know, Carleton has had uh you know, they've had a ton of injuries this year, but they've under underachieved again. This is a club that has a lot of talent on paper, but they've just not been able to actually actuate it and put it into play. 
Okay, GWS is likely to stay in the seventh spot, but again, they could theoretically drop out if things go very poorly for them. Okay, and you know, I think they're they're ramping up to play their first round game, very likely against their crosstown rivals, the Swans. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Giants in this one, winning it by 18 points. Now, could Carlton shock the world here? Well, it would certainly make the, the, the following couple of games very interesting if that happened. Okay, but I'm going to go with the, the Giants winning this one by, by three goals. They're bringing Toby Green back in. I think Toby Green's going to have a monster game for them. Now, we're heading back down to Tasmania for one more game, and this is a... Uh, this is a game that I th- I think is going to be one again that that could project a club into finals that maybe we didn't think there you know yeah you know, the state of Tasmania is hosting one final game this year I think they've had close to twenty games there this year if I'm not mistaken and and you know very similar to what uh, Queensland was able to do last year during the lockdowns and that type of thing I, you you got to tip your cap to to Tasmania and hopefully things get resolved with regards to the, the, the club in Tasmania. You know, again, I don't want anybody's club to end up having to go there, but you know, we shall, we shall see what happens. Okay. But you've got St. Kilda and Fremantle and the Dockers, they still have a small shot at the eighth spot and they must win this game. And they, they have to then become huge Collingwood supporters after this game. Okay. Now the saints are going to give them a battle. But there's a big there's a big thing going on here, okay? And if you haven't looked at the ins and outs yet, uh, you you got Jack Bytel coming back in, Ben Long uh, coming in, you got Matthew Allison debuting uh, for St Kilda. But the big out is Max King. Max King will not be playing this week. Uh, Fremantle's bringing in uh, Andrew Brayshaw off of suspension. Blake Akers will be in, Ethan Hughes and Joel Western, and. I think this is going to be a great matchup of rucks because, you know, Sean, you know, Sean Darcy's been a heck of a lot of fun to watch this year. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this game plays out because, again, this one still could have some finals implications here. This is a game that if Fremantle wants to, to have the chance of playing finals, they have to win this one, hands down. They have, it, of course, if they lose this one, it uh, it doesn't matter. So if if the Eagles lose and Fremantle loses and Richmond has already lost, Essendon could still lose, I believe, and still be in the finals. So you might see where they make some omissions or some changes to their uh, to their list. Now, they've not made a whole lot of uh, big changes as they go into theirs, but um, let's move on to that Essendon-Collingwood game. And, and the Bombers, they've got one job this weekend. They've got to beat Collingwood by one point. That's all they have to do. If West Coast beats Brisbane, who cares? As long as Essendon beats Mag- the Magpies by a point. Fremantle knocks off St. Kilda. Again, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter to Essendon. As long as they knock off the Magpies by a single point. That's all they have to do. Okay? That's all they have to do. That'll do it. And more. Okay? So, I'm going to go with the Bombers here. Um... And I, I think uh, I'm going to go on the safe side here, so I'm going to say I'm going to have Essendon beating Collingwood by two points. <laughs> okay, uh, just kidding there. Uh, I'm going to go with Essendon beating Collingwood by 17 points, not two points. So, again, I think that the uh, 
the Magpies are going to battle them. They've, uh, they're going to be without a couple of their key players. Um, Brody Majacek is suspended, but they're, they're bringing Jeremy Howe back in. Uh, Reef McInnes is coming in as a debut and as a debutante this round. And, uh, yeah, we shall, we shall see what happens in this, but again, Essendon wins, they're in, but all that stuff that happens in front of it, the Tigers game, because again, the Tigers are still theoretically alive. A lot of things have to fall into place for them to win, to get in, but they're still they're Like I said in an episode, uh, oh, I said it during the, uh, the post that I put on Instagram, that was, they were a lot like the character at the beginning of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where they're, you've got the guy going out there, bring out your dead, clang, bring out your dead, clang. And John Cleese is carrying out the gentleman, and he says, I'm not dead yet. Well, Hawthorne's going to have a chance to be the ones to club him over the head and uh, put him on the pile. Now, that's not a spoiler because it's a it's a 40-year-old movie. So if you haven't seen Monty Python, The Holy Grail yet, where the hell have you been? So let's get to the last game of the season. The last game of the season. And and it's it's one where you're thinking, okay, I don't care about it. And on paper, yeah, why should you? Because it's number 17 and number 18 on the ladder. And again, this is the only game of the weekend that doesn't have any sort of impact on finals. And yet I think it's still going to be a very compelling lineup or matchup. You've got the Crows, who a couple weeks ago gave Port a run for their money um, at the Adelaide Oval. They lost by four points. And, you know, this is this was immediately following uh, the muck up with, uh, with Taylor Walker. I'm taking Tex back for a while. I'm bringing Tex back to the United States with Taylor Walker's screw up there. Um, the Roos have won three out of their last eight games. Now, I know that doesn't sound like much. Hey, a team won three out of eight. Or basically what I'm saying is they lost five out of eight. But again, that like I said, that doesn't sound like much. But this is a club that has already earned the wooden spoon. And they've won three out of their last eight games. A lot of wooden spoon clubs aren't doing that. They've played some very competitive footy over the second half of, of the year. And, it, and if, you're a, if you're a North Melbourne supporter, I think you've got to be tickled pink and pretty thrilled about the way that your club has played the second half of this year. And you've got to be really, really excited about where this club is going to be next year. Now they may not make the jump into the eight next year, but I, I, I would say it's a safe bet. They're not also, they're also not going to be taking the wooden spoon next year. Okay. Now this is being, this is being played at the Adelaide Oval. There will be fans in the stands. How many show up? I don't know. I mean, again, it's the last time that Crows fans are be able to watch their team play this year, so you might see a pretty significant turnout. Uh, that being said, I do think that the Ruse earned the four points, the last four points of the 2021 fixture. I've got the Ruse winning this game by nine points, okay? So there, those are my final tips for the 2021 fixture. Again, I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about, so please do not use my my tips as a, a foundation for you deciding on how you're going to place your wagers because I don't know anything. I sit around and play with the little squiggle website from Max Berry online and, and look at, at what could work and what could fit in different places. Um, so I that's it. That's uh, That's round 23. 
Is it going to play out like this? Yeah, I think Essendon and, and GWS are probably going to be the two that are playing finals. Okay, they've got themselves in a good position with their opponents. And like I said, I think this is going to be the weekend where those two finally nail down those spots and we, we get to move on. As far as what's happening in the top four, who knows? I gave you my tips. That's what I think is going to happen. But there's no guarantee, of course, that any of that stuff's going to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the podcast, I hope you'll consider signing up for the mailing list. You can do that on my website, yankonthefooty.com. I hope you'd also take a couple of minutes uh, and and do a review for me, either on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or on my website. You can do a review there. It lets me then take that review and share it out on social media, hopefully encouraging other people to check out the podcast. You know, this this show grows, you know, mainly through word of mouth or word of keyboard, if you will, from those of you who are listening. So, you know, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, I would greatly appreciate it if you tell a friend, send them a text message about it, send them a link, tell them, hey, there's this, you know, and I've been saying this for almost a couple of years now, there's this knucklehead from the United States who loves our game. You might want to check him out. I actually had a a message that came through last night uh, on a uh, one of the... the YouTube videos, and it's basically it's just a static image with the audio from, I believe it was episode eight of the podcast from early last year when I talked about the game of auspice, which was kind of a combination of American and Australian football during World War II. And I had a gentleman that works at the uh, the Blues Museum who gave me a very detailed rundown of volunteer work that he does at the museum. It was fascinating. And this is somebody who had discovered that episode after it had been out there for a year and a half. It's, it's, it, and I love doing that episode. It's great to learn about that game. And I appreciate him giving me the insight that he did. So this gets spread by word of mouth. So I, I truly appreciate it if you you know share a link with your friends and family, okay? Remember, you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter, on, in, on Instagram, and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. Always uh, yank on the footy at gmail.com. I check my email quite often. If you want to help out the uh, podcast, you can check out the the show's Buy Me a Coffee page. Uh, allows listeners to support the show if they want to do that. Um, you can find that again on my website at yankonthefooty.com. You can leave audio messages there as well and uh, written messages that I can share during episodes. Now, I do want to give a, a quick shout-out to uh, Chris Peppers from the uh, Lace Out podcast who stopped by my Buy Me a Coffee page and... Uh, and help me out quite a bit there, Chris. I appreciate it, man. Uh, great guy. If you're not listening to Lace Out, a lot of fun that he and uh, J-Dog have on that show uh, with a D's and a port supporter there. You should definitely check them out. Uh, they do a live episode every Tuesday evening, as well as their tips each round as well. And uh, folks, don't forget, this is a game that we love. Um, many of you are dealing with Lockdowns still happening, being in place. You know, I know those of you in Sydney are very frustrated by by what's happening. Melbourne, you've been very accustomed to these things. Look out for each other. Treat each other, you know, decently. Take care of each other. You know, do what you think is best for you as far as uh, what you do as far as your your personal protection. Okay, but be safe. Treat each other decently. Hop on a uh, 
a messenger you know call or get on the WhatsApp or make a phone call to your friends and family, check up on them, make sure that they're okay. All right, because uh, you are their safety net. You may not be able to be there in person, but you can be there and look out for them verbally through a phone call or through a Zoom call or something of that nature. Let them know you care. Let them know that you give a damn about them, okay? Make sure that that you know that you love them, all right? So, folks, again, until next time, and as always, and I I get to say this this way, Eddie Betts, thank you, sir, for a fantastic career. Thank you for being such a fantastic ambassador for the game, such a wonderful showman, such a, a passionate, passionate player of this game. And thank you, sir, for inspiring my closing line that I use in every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, as Eddie might say, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>